welcome to the Sleepy Knots podcast. I'm your host, Erin. Um, a little bit about me, I'm a writer. I've written blogs, short films, bad poems, and books, um, which you can buy now on Amazon. Um, just do a search for my author name, Erin Potter Plow, P-L-O-W. Um, for years I've been writing essays and short stories. They never really felt like they fit anywhere. So I thought this podcast would be the perfect place for them to fit. So some are silly, some really happen to me, but all of them are for your entertainment. So find a quiet space, take a few deep breaths, relax, and get ready to lose yourself in my sleep stories. Today's story is called A Series of Letters to Tom Hardy If He Were My Husband and He Had Just Left to Fight the Civil War. April 10th, 1861. My darling husband, it was only a week ago when my father brought me to be your wife in exchange for the clearing of all of his gambling debts. I know at first it was a surprise for you to see me instead of the money he owes you, but I promise I will spend my days trying to make you happy The news that you were being dispatched to fight the Confederates in this awful war was devastating, but I hold on to the hope that through our letters we can get to know each other more and have the love between us burn and glow like the flames that took my poor father's moonshine barn. We had such a small amount of time to get to know each other before you left, but I think now of your blue eyes and my heart floods with joy. I think about the feel of your hands on the small of my back that first day when you welcomed me to my new home by shoving me through the front door and telling me that you had thrown up on the floor and I needed to clean it. I feel lonely now. I miss your touch and the sweet way you would wake me each morning by wrapping your arms tightly around me while we laid in bed and farting as loud as you could so it rumbled against my legs. Laughing, oh, your laugh, the best laugh. I've also come to miss the sweet nickname you honored me with, and I shall think of my love for you every time I hear it. Annie! You would shout, even though my name is Aaron. But it occurs to me now that maybe you simply do not know my proper name. It is Aaron Lindsay Hardy, of course, now that we're married. I am writing this as I sit looking out the window at the land our cozy home sits on. There are no more beautiful trees in all of Baxter Springs, Kansas. I'm so blessed to be the lady of this house, though I've never run a house before and the chores seem a little daunting. Had I known you'd been a bachelor for so long, I would have asked my mother to teach me how to properly remove vomit stains and feces from the walls. I wish you were here to teach me. The horse tries to kick me when I near him and the chickens attack me with vicious pecks when I come to fetch the eggs. The old well is in such poor working order that I asked father to come and look it over. At the bottom he found six dead badgers, which had sullied the water, and he worries you may be suffering from something called badger fever. 
At first, he thought maybe they had fallen in there and drowned. But upon closer inspection, it looks like they had been shot and tossed in there on purpose, which maybe you didn't know that you were giving yourself badger fever. But either way, it's all cleared up now. Do not trouble your thoughts with my struggles, as your uncertain future on the battlefield is so much more precarious than mine here safe at Hardy's Ridge. I think I shall include several small tidbits about myself in the closing of each letter, and you should do the same, so when we're reunited it will be as if no time at all has come between us. I am fond of cheese. I am quite good at making squirrel pie, and I'll make it for you often when you're home. I look forward to having many children with you and watching them play around the hearth and grow. I can still feel your kisses warm on my lips, and I hope they do not fade too quickly. I watched as you slept this morning and marveled at how handsome you are and how lucky I am to be your wife. I hope that our children are born with your perfect smile and brilliant blue eyes and not my weird foot with the third toe missing and the, and the manias that tend to run on my mother's side. I can still smell you in the house and on the sheets of our bed, that intoxicating smell of sweat mixed with smoke from the fire and a sharp hint of foot fungus. I will close now with one last thought. When you look up at the stars, just know that I look up at the same ones and think of you. Fondly your wife, Erin. May 11th, 1861. My loving husband, Tom. I was over the moon when I received your letter. I had waited so very long to hear from you, and when it came, it was a breath of fresh air. Though it was brief, and I would have liked to have heard more about how your days and nights are, but I'm thankful nonetheless for your kind words. I am thrilled to hear of your change in position from soldier on the front lines to assistant cook. Maybe this will afford you some much-needed safety from the battles. I know that you think that relieving your bowels on the colonel's pillow was fun, but please be careful, my dearest. I don't want you to strain your back in the execution of such fun. But there I go, sounding like a nagging wife. I'm sorry, I don't mean to bring you down. Thank you for including the bits about yourself. I am so excited to learn you have a love for books, hunting, and bearded clams. I've never heard of such an animal, and I can't wait for you to teach me about it. Having been raised in Kansas, I don't know much about the ocean creatures, but what a wonderful thing to know that my husband will bring home marvelous things for us to try and teach me everything there is to know about the sea. I do so wish you were here to tell me exactly what you meant when you told me I should, quote-unquote, flick my bean and think of your D and my B. I fear it may be too late in the spring to have any luck with planting beans as a crop, but I will ask my mother. She's an expert in all things related to crop planting. A small man by the name of Seamus came by today, insisting that despite his thick Irish accent, that he was in fact your brother. He tried to lay claim to our donkey, but I was able to sway him. As he is your kin, I invited him in for supper, and as we speak, he is in the outhouse relieving himself and enjoying the effects of the last of the hard cider father brought over. As promised, here are a few more facts about me. At age 14, I was promised to be married to the head of a local tribe, but upon inspection, the chief deemed me too soft-headed to be a fit wife. I'm glad you don't seem to mind my soft head. Honestly, when I tap on it, it seems just as hard as anyone else's, but... What do I know? I'm just a woman. 
Christmas is my favorite holiday. When I was a child, Mother would make us all goose fat and liver cookies, and we would play hide the chipmunk. I hope to pass this tradition on to our children someday. I love you and think of you often as I tend to our land and listen to the birds sing. I wish you were home, my sweet. My heart is empty without you. Ever yours, Aaron. June 8th, 1861. Dearest Tom, I was alarmed to read that Seamus is of no relation to you, but by the time your letters arrived, he had already left and taken with him one of our horses and all of my undergarments. What a strange little man he was. He would speak for hours on end on the importance of using one's own urine for hydration and how cats were a more favorable companion to a wife. He stayed for longer than I would have liked, but he is gone now. I shall heed your warning in the future to be wary of anyone who lands on our doorstep. Though he was a little strange, I think your indictment of the Irish as a whole as potato fuckers was a tad harsh. I will make sure to include some illustrations of myself per your request in my next letter. My heart swells with love for you at the thought of you wanting to have a likeness of me close to you while you're away. I don't know that I can draw myself in the position that you asked for, as my skills as an artist are somewhat lacking, but I will try my hardest. I would do anything to make you happy, my husband, and if it's a picture of me being set upon unsuspectingly in the forest by Bigfoot and him having his way with me, then I shall try. I'm so glad you're enjoying your position in the kitchen. I can't believe you've taken command of the whole tent since the head cook died from food poisoning. What a joy it must be to be in charge of all the meal preparation for the whole platoon. I must give you the sad news that has befallen our homestead. As we inch closer to summer, it has become clear that our land is riddled with skunks. I discovered a clan of the animals while in the barn tending to the donkeys. I must have startled them from their winter slumber because as I was trying to get the donkeys to come for their daily bath, the skunks emerged one by one from their sleep spot behind a hay bale. They sprayed their horrid musks upon me mercilessly. I ran screaming from the barn and the donkey followed. We made the decision, me and Mr. Fussy Pants, that's what I named the donkey, that until your return we are going to consider the barn unusable and Mr. Fussy shall live with me in the house. I shall stop for now, as this letter has grown a bit long, and I don't want to bore you with my woes. Without your warm smile and the sweet nothings you would whisper in my ear, my soul grows lonely and cold. Please come home to me soon, my dear husband. I'm sure by then the smell will be much improved. Your loving wife, Erin. Obituary, published in the Baxter Springs Daily News on August 13th, 1861. It is with a heavy heart that I announce the untimely death of my husband, Mr. Thomas Barnaby Hardy, who was sent to be home with our Lord on July 21st, 1861, as he served gallantly in the Union Army. He was a wonderful and kind man with a glorious sense of humor and a taste for all things pickled meat. He was killed doing what he loved, defending his country and trying to raise the spirits of his fellow soldiers. At the Battle of Bull Run, when he heard the dreaded rebel yell across the battle lines, he quickly took leave of his place on the front line and retreated to the trees, screaming, Fuck this! His body was found in the trees at the end of the battle, having been trampled by a stampede of wild boars, as he hid bravely under a pile of leaves. The boars, having been startled by the gunfire, fled early in the battle, so he did not suffer long. 
but alas, he died as he lived, filled with love for his family and passion for his country. May we meet again in the next life, my darling. And that's it. That's it for today. Join us again next week for another sleep story. Uh, like and subscribe us wherever you get your podcasts if you enjoyed this. Uh, also feel free to follow me on Twitter and Instagram and all of the things. It, my name is the same everywhere. It's at Aaron Potter Plow. No hyphen. And until next week, sleep well. <laughs>